Welcome to Altus Insights podcast series with Ray and Marlin, hosted by me, Avi. This podcast will cover monthly market updates and construction cost impacts across major markets in Canada. On today's podcast, we have Colin Johnson, who is the president of of research valuation and analytics for um, for Altus. So, in the past, we we've talked about. Um, challenges with respect to the the additional costs with construction, the regulations, and some of the the challenges with um, not just increased costs in materials and labor, but as well as increased um, development charges and levies with municipalities. Today, we thought we'd take a different approach and um, share our results of the recent um, survey on the impact of rising interest rates on CRE. So we, just to go over some of the, the highlights with uh, the survey, and the survey we, we actually conducted um, in the month of August, and we received about 131 responses. And that's pretty good considering that it took place between August 6th to the 16th with a lot of people on vacation, but we got enough sample size to, to give us a good cross-section of, of the market. And almost 90% of the respondents believe that the uh, Canadian recession is either very somewhat or likely in, in the next six months. And I think as judging by what's happening in the last uh, few weeks, I think we're a lot closer to that. The majority of respondents or 60% indicated that they've adjusted the cap rate or and their um, and or their their internal rate of return um, expectations um, with expectations of possible further increase in interest rates by the by end of this year. And 62% of the respondents indicate that they believe the Bank of Canada will continue to increase between 50 to 75 basis points. Again, I think we have what two or three more opportunities for the bank to do that by in this year. Um, but survey respondents also agreed that the assets and sector markets are a little bit more vulnerable to, to rising cap rates as the result of increased interest rates. And similar sentiments were mirrored in the survey results that examined the, the expected impact of rising interest rates on internal rate of return. So we'll just turn over to Colin. Colin, what do you think was the sort of the key takeaways from the from the surveys as well as what type of feedback have you been getting in regards to the results? Sure. So thanks. Thanks for having me, Marlon and, uh, and Ray. Um, I think what's interesting is we didn't decide to take on this survey. It was our clients in, in August or rather late July who came to us. And I think we all know that I seem to remember July 16th or maybe it was June, actually June 16th, I think when, when the 10-year bond rate was 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 over three and a half, and um, we were doing mid-year valuations for a lot of clients, and they were and they were all very concerned. And what had happened since the beginning of the year is, you know, interest rates had gone up, bond rates had gone up, inflation was rising, and there was a there was a bit of a pause in the market. The first two quarters, lots of investment activity, lots of transactions to look at and benchmark, but then it sort of became pens down for a while. And it wasn't just because it was the summer, because the summer typically is a little bit quieter from an investment perspective, but um, it was um, a pause in the market. The lenders put their pens down. Um, we saw some deals that were 
um, in the process of you know uh, of transacting, pausing a little bit. There were there were there was uh, discussion of repricing on. on on deals. And so that's why our client said, listen, not a lot of transaction activity. Can, can you survey the marketplace on this? So we're happy to do that. And I think what's interesting is, you know, sometimes you get different responses when you talk to investors or, or brokers or lenders or developers. But this survey, um, the answers were pretty homogeneous, as in everyone was like, yep, there's. You know, I think you said there. Sixty-two percent said a recession was likely or was going to be coming. I, I guess we can say those other thirty-eight percent are now wrong because it obviously is going to be coming. Um, I think we all expect because it's been signaled at least two more interest rate hikes. The smart money is on fifty and then twenty-five, getting us to an overnight rate of four percent by the end of the year. So things have evolved since our survey in, in in August, but I think the reason we did it is because there was a bit of a pause in the market. And so, again, most people, um, you know, yep, we expect that, you know, interest rates will continue to go up. Yes, we expect, um, you know, inflation to continue to rise. Um, and, and, and so, for me, it was interesting to see that people were, yep, we're putting our cap rates and our IRRs up. And not all asset classes are, are, are viewed equally these days. I think we all know that. You know, retail, unless it was grocery anchored or essential retail, enclosed retail was kind of hard, hard hit by the by the pandemic, but has rebounded in 2022 since we've opened up. Even the restaurant and bars have come back. But retail, there's been some question marks structurally. Office, a lot of question marks with regards to activity-based work and return, you know, to return to the office or rather lack of return to the office. So those were already a little bit questionable, but Asset classes such as multifamily and um, industrial have really had some really strong tailwinds. And I think it was interesting for me to see that even people who were looking at those asset classes were saying, yep, we expect some yields to increase. And so that was an interesting point in the survey for me there. As in, you know, all all assets um, really weren't immune to this. And I think it's because quite frankly, the cost of debt was rising. So how could you, how do you justify buying, you know, even a great industrial building at a four cap um, when you're financing at north of a five cap, uh, north of a 5%, right? So it's negative leverage. And to do that, you really have to believe in the rental growth in the near term. And so that's, that's, and, and that was sort of the story with multifamily as well is can you get to the rental growth um, in the, you know, can you get enough sweet turnover to justify paying, paying those low cap rates? And so for me, I think that was an interesting point in the survey is that, you know, um, all assets were going to be impacted by the rise of interest rates because quite frankly, most people when they're buying an asset are utilizing financing and the cost of debt is up for all assets. And not only is the cost of debt up, but I think loan-to-value ratios are also up. Uh, I mean, loan-to-value, I should say, down. In other words, you can't get 75% loan-to-value anymore. You're more likely to get 55% on some assets because lenders are being a little bit more conservative in, in their underwriting. And so that would be the big sort of takeaways from me, right? Well, when we look at some initial investment numbers, and we, we know that um, the first half of this year um, has outpaced first half of um, 2021, but as we sort of thought and what, what the survey indicates in your earlier comments, 
that investment transaction is starting to slow a little bit just because and I'm not sure if it's with the anticipated increase in cap rates, whether or not we're going to have that bid ask issue expectations from purchasers and um, and and vendors in the marketplace. And that's that may yeah. cause more of a, a stall. So are you seeing any of that um, in the yeah. market right now? Yeah, I think we're in a little bit of a period of price discovery. Um, which is a nice way of saying there's a bid ask gap. And if you're if you're if you're a potential purchaser, um, why are you going to pay what you were willing to pay two months ago? And given that you know your cost of financing has gone up, right? And so, and if you're a vendor, you still believe your asset has intrinsically got a lot of good characteristics. So why you you may think this is you know somewhat temporary? We all know that monetary policy um, goes a little bit too far and then it comes back. The pendulum swings back. So um, once we get to 4%, we'll start to see some easing. So there'd be some, there, there, if you're a vendor, unless you have to sell, and let's face it, in Canada, and, and let's be clear, Canada is a far different environment in the US. In the US, there are some loans that are underwater. There are some properties that are going to transact um, because they have to. In Canada, we, we know the story more disciplined lending environment. Um, we didn't have the big CMBS crisis that the US had. And it's just gonna be a little bit similar this time. So you don't have a lot of necessarily vendors that are under distress, right? We have a lot of institutional capital and institutional ownership in, in Canada. And so you, if you don't have to sell, why would you right now? And um, so I think you've got a little bit, all that contributes to a little bit of a pause in the marketplace. But, you know, we always know Traditionally, when people come back from their summer vacations after Labor Day, there tends to be a little, little bit of a ramp up investment activity. The, the lenders, you know, they got to make their book. They've got some money to put out. You've got, if you're a VP of acquisitions, you've got a slate of, um, you know, capital and you would like to deploy it if you can. So there typically is a little bit more activity that picks up towards the end of the year. But I think the question is, is that necessarily going to happen this year given this, um, current and projected uh, increasing interest rate environment. And of course, we keep talking about interest rates, but there's inflation as well, right? I think inflation is, uh, is, is difficult. You mentioned, you know, the, the price of labor, price of materials, et cetera. And so I think th those are some concerns, particularly for anybody who's thinking of, you know, underwriting a development pro forma these days, pretty tough because what's your bet on interest rates? What's your bet on rental growth? What's your bet on labor costs and raw materials costs? I think there's a, there's a, there's a lot more scrutiny um, when it comes to underwriting uh, performance these days. So do you think it's more likely to impact the new projects then versus the acquisitions or they're both going to be impacted existing and new? Both. I think they're both going to be impacted, quite frankly, Marlon. Um, I think you'll have, I think there's some people who are maybe slowing down their development. Um, plans, quite frankly, because of, of some uncertainty. And just like, you know, some people are perhaps um, slowing down their acquisition plans. Now, if you've got cash, um, and I do expect at this point in the market, you know, pr private capital has been coming in quite strongly, right? It's an opportunity um, to come in because some of the institutions are on the sidelines to a degree. And also, I would say this, the transaction activity we typically see in this environment is smaller deals, right? So cash 
and smaller deals. It's the big, you know, 300, 400 million dollar deals that, um, that, you know, are, are harder to do in this environment. Although that being said, you know, we have Young Corporate Center, uh, which Cadillac Fairview has taken out on the market, a, a strong asset, you know, suburban office. I think it'll be interesting to see that will provide an interesting benchmark should that, should that, should that trade. Um, and that's on the market right now. And so we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what, what, what transpires there. Yeah, it's it's interesting what you said about the industrial, and you know, we've seen skyrocketing um, industrial rents, and whether or not they can actually keep up, based on the increased cost of materials and uh, and of course the increase in land costs, and a lot of the discussions uh, in in conferences now are not so much uh, continue opportunity growth on industrial, but more of what are the possible headwinds, and. Labor is a little bit part of it, but there's there's that discussion of technology coming in. But the the the, the issue is, if you're looking at rents in Toronto between twenty and twenty two dollars net, how much further can it go up to justify some of these projects? So, right? so yeah, it's 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 interesting. And the one thing, again, we all know the rental growth has been phenomenal. You know over the last two years, right? Astronomical, some might say. I remember, we all remember industrial rents in Toronto being six bucks for like two decades. And now all of a sudden we're closer to 15. Um, so is that sustainable? Uh, good question. Um, one thing that, um, you know, I, I look at because I, I cover the retail market quite a bit is e-commerce, you know, during during the pandemic, it sort of accelerated almost a decade's worth with regards to you know growth, but if you track this the you know the percentage of e-commerce, it it peaks and then it goes down uh, once things open up again. And e-commerce, as you know, since we've opened up in 2022, has really really um, you know fallen off as a percentage of sales. And you can see Amazon, you know, who was building a lot of five story centers. You know, a lot in Ontario and around has paused a little bit, and I think you will see um, retail sort of wholesale distribution. Um, that 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 space, I think, the demand for that is going to wane a little bit, or at least slow from where it was at really really high levels before, right? And I will just say the the one thing, the last thing I'll say about rental rates is. Um, where we see deals being repriced or potentially being dropped in industrial is when somebody can't get to near-term rental growth. In other words, if the rents are locked in and I can't get to lease expiry like for another four years, I'm not going to pay that low cap rate because um, I know my cost of capital is high. What was going to bill me out before in my discounted cash flow was um, a spike in rents. I'm not going to be able to get that now. And so that's where you see some, a little bit of a, we see a little bit of a pause or repricing even in industrial. So is this becoming like a perfect storm then that interest rates are like the final nail in the, the coffin? Cause we're, we're talking <laughs> about industrial starting to be a uh, slowdown. We know on multi-res, the yields are getting tight. People are getting nervous. Is interest rates like that final nail that causes a larger scale pause? Cause I think fundamentals are there long-term, but it's this short-term pause that seems to be going on. Yeah, I think. You know, if we're in real estate, we're naturally somewhat optimistic. Um, but I do think this causes that that pause. And that's where I've heard the phrase, you know, you hear the phrase pens down. Um, and I think we are going to have a little bit of that pause. I think, Ray, 
we don't have our stats out yet for third quarter transaction activity, but I think it's 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 going to certainly be muted. And I think Q4 is um, again, there are some deals that we are tracking, and I think maybe some cities. Uh, I was just talking to Sean Robertson Tate in our in our Ottawa market, and he told me that there's some activity there. So you know, we we shall see. But certainly from the the calls I've been taking from the brokers, um, you know, they continue to um, you know look for listings, but I was and um, you know continue to um, run Argus models in the hope of you know a- approaching potential vendors. Um, saying this now might be a good time to put your asset on the market, but I, I, I think it's a lot harder to, um, to to potentially get deals done these days. And there's a question as to wh- whether you should bring things to market. And so I don't know if we call it a perfect storm, but it's a perfect uh, it's a perfect little mini storm for a pause and time to go indoors. How about that? Yeah, on the construction side, we call it a show. That's our definition of the current <laughs> market. So. Because that, that, that's less vulgar than the alternate that I've been using, so we tone it down a little. <laughs> well, you know, you're, you're working with the development community. I'm working with pension funds and like those yeah. and guys who still wear suits and ties. So I'll use more moderate language and say we're going indoors. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I hang out with the construction guys. Every other yeah. word is an expletive. They're, so. they're, they're, they're fun guys to hang out with. <laughs> We've been also seeing, especially on the retail side, of um, the the retail activity really hasn't really slowed the last last few years, especially when you compare it to the office market. And that's where we're seeing a little bit more redevelopment play or increasing the values based on increased densities or increased uses on on, the, on those properties. And based on the recent activity that we've seen with transactions across Canada, we've seen properties sell with a little bit more hair on it, right? Do you think instead of going to the core assets and, and going for the top dollars that they're hedging a little bit and perhaps um, positioning some of their assets for redevelopment and, and sort of um, bigger returns down the road and sort of banking some of those assets now? Yeah, it's it's interesting you bring this point up because because I'm moderating a panel tomorrow uh, uh, and I was talking to um, somebody from from Bento Green Oak, and my panel is: Is the risk worth the reward when it comes to um, either development or investing? And uh, a couple of my panelists were like, "Hey, there's more risk in core and core plus right now than there is in value add and opportunity funds because you can at least be somewhat creative, as you said, whether you're getting more density, etc. If you think of a core, if you think of core assets right now." office, you know, or, or a regional mall, or I, we talked about industrial multifamily. Yeah, I, I think there are some, we've talked about some headwinds. And so maybe you can, you know, if if you're looking for something with a little bit more hair, you can, um, you can, you know, you're going to competing against less people for that kind of asset traditionally, and you can probably get it at a higher yield, right? Which and higher yields allow you to make more mistakes or wait it out a little bit, right? The only, I remember talking to somebody and they said, the only thing you can control really is what you buy something at. After what happens there on, you know, if you're, you know, if you're doing a redevelopment and your costs go out of whack or it takes long to get permit approvals or you don't get the density you want, et cetera, et cetera. Those are some things you can't necessarily control, but you can control what you buy an asset at, right? Okay, so I, I think um, we're, we're, we're coming up to an end to this podcast. Is there anything that um, 
I'm trying not to put you on the spot, but at the same time, I'm trying to put you on the spot, Colin. What, what do you think is is, is going to happen um, in, let's say, 2023 with with um, carpers? Do you think it's still going to go up based on the interest rates, or do you think that we're so, going to see some flattening? So, so I'm going to steal a line from Rob Kumar, who was on from Kingside, who was on one of my panels. And he says, Colin, let's not talk about cap rates. We should be talking about IRRs. Because a cap rate is really just an answer or an output. It all depends about what your rental growth assumptions are. Are your rents below market? Are they, are they above market? Are they at market, et cetera? So, but I think our survey showed that um, internal rates are, you know, um, a lot of you know, pension fund life goes benchmark to 10-year Canada bonds. And so I think IRRs are, are, are important. And I will say that, and Ray, you know this, we track and we show the spreads between IRRs and, and cap rates. and, and and uh, and bonds and mortgage rates. And the one thing I can tell you is when the spreads narrow, when they get to a narrow point, they will expand. And we're at the narrowest point that we've been since uh, pre-financial crisis in 2007, 2008. So I think we will see an expansion in yields. And that would probably be IRRs and, and cap rates. And then the question is, um, depending on your asset or your asset class, if your yields expand, Okay, but do you have rental growth that's going to mitigate any value decline, right? And so that's the question. Because if you're doing a DCF and if you've got contractual rental growth or you've got rollover that allows you to do that. And I think what's interesting for me is the apartment conference got, you know, record attendance this year. And apartments have always been bought on cap rate and gross income multiplier and price per suite. There was a lot of talk about IRRs. And because it's become a more institutional asset class and really, if you're going to look at um, uh, at an apartment building, you know you got to put capital into it, and so the best way to do that is to you know if you're putting in bal- new balconies, if you're putting in you know lobby refurbishment, is to do that over a period of time um, uh, and to use a DCF. So I think we're going to get a little bit more sophisticated modeling in that regard. And I'll just add that in this whole question of sustainability and ESG, I think you'll see a lot more focus on discounted cash flow necessarily on a cap rate discussion because the sustainability of an asset only happens over the life of, the, of an asset and taking a one-year snapshot which we've traditionally done in this industry is probably not the best way to, to look at assets okay great well thank you very much colin for participating in our podcast and i think it was, it was very informative with with your points and okay and again uh, i guess to the next podcast thank you All right. Thanks to both of you and and, and Marlon. I'm sorry if I didn't swear quite enough. Maybe next time. That's okay. We'll get you a few drinks next time. Perfect. All right, guys. Thanks. (laughs) Okay. Cheers. Bye.